This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Uh, let's hit up the hotline and welcome in Mike Malega, the GM of the Tulsa Drillers. What's up, Mike? How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Fired up. Big weekend coming. Drillers on a little bit of a run, and uh, weather's uh, looking really nice. So you guys, weather-wise, uh, it seems like that you've... Uh, it, there's clearly a couple of nights there, right, that haven't worked out, but... I yeah. was chatting to someone the other day that said, you know what, we've been kind of fortunate with the little pockets of good weather that we've had at times, all surrounded by some of the rain here as of late. It's uh, It's been a nice start to the year so far with you guys weather-wise. Really good. I mean, you know, we love to play a bunch of games in April and May. You know, you always have the risk of uh, of some rain popping up in Tulsa at that time of year, but we've been able to dodge it. We've had one rain out so far. Temperatures have been amazing. Yeah. You know, it hadn't spiked up or gotten real hot, so... No, I think weather has been a positive in large part. You know, this homestand, we've had a couple of nights where, you know, we've had, we've had a couple of scares, but, you know, it's just been off to Sand Springs or just a little north of the ballpark. So it's all, uh, it's all good. And it, it looks like tonight, tomorrow, Sunday, Monday for the bananas, it's going to be a, to be a nice little run of four days in a row. Speaking of home, Mike, you guys are on fire at home. What, 19 and five now at home? My goodness, man. Yeah phenomenal you know what that's great for it's great for the fans they come out to the ballpark they leave with a win they got a little belt a little bit of a buzz going because of it and they want to come back so yeah it's unbelievable how well we've played at home three walk off extra inning game uh victories in a row here i mean i can't can't imagine that's ever happened before (laughs) to be honest with you i mean that's crazy so nothing wrong with a little buzz nothing wrong at all of course not yeah, yeah, at all. Yeah, you're going to have to get uh, Barry Lewis on that to find out what like what the record is on that, Mike, <laughs> whether or not that you've exactly. had that many in a row uh, or not. So yeah. tell us a little bit about this team right now uh, with where they at. And you guys also at this time of the year, as is typical, right, sometimes players got to move up and you always congratulate them on their success. You guys have kind of had uh, several of those here over the last couple of weeks. So what about the guys that have replaced them and uh, who we've said goodbye to in terms of type of play here for the drill bits? Sure. So, I mean, obviously we were clicking on all cylinders, I think offensively and pitching. I mean, we were really doing it all very, very well. And, and, uh, the first two guys that got called up were Andy Pajes, our right fielder, who was with us all last season, led the team in home runs last year. We knew that he'd be here for a short period of time. He moved up to Oklahoma City. Unfortunately, he's gotten injured since then, so he's on the DL right now. But um, the other guy was Johnny DeLuca, who'd really been our best offensive player, center fielder, kind of a five-tooler, you know, does it all, kind of a James Outman type to me. He just did everything plus-plus. Uh, he's moved up to Oklahoma City. I think he had a home run, four RBIs yesterday, so – He's making that transition very, very, very well. And the Dodgers are a little thin at the big league level in the outfield, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Johnny uh, you know, up in the big leagues at some point this year. Offense has not totally recovered from losing those two guys, so we have struggled a little bit offensively. Uh, we've got some good offensive players, but those were our table setters, and uh, we need somebody to kind of step up and get that offense clicking again. Pitching's been the big strong suit for us. Uh, 120 teams in the minor leagues. The Drillers have got the lowest earned run average team ERA in, um, in all of the 120 teams. We're absolutely dominating from a pitching standpoint. Um, Emmett Sheehan, uh, who threw for us on Tuesday night, he'll start on Sunday. He's throwing, he's averaging 17 strikeouts per nine innings. He threw four no-hit innings on Tuesday night. It wouldn't surprise me if Sunday's his last start with the Drillers. He'll probably be the next up. Um, and then Kyle Hurt last night, he's averaging 16 strikeouts per nine innings. As a, as a staff, our starting rotation has got like a 1.75 run average. So just that is absolutely a dominating 
uh, skill set that we have on this team, and it keeps us in every game. So if our offense isn't clicking, we're still in those games because the pitching's amazing. So you know, the last two nights we went zero zero into extra innings and one one into extra innings, and we won both of those games without really offense doing much. So in totality, Mike, this with where you guys are right now with the, with the pitching staff. Um, and that's an incredible number, by the way, of, of leading the entire minor leagues uh, in, in ERA. I think of some of the other arms and some of the staffs that you guys have had there since the Dodgers affiliation, and a couple of them have been dominant. Where so far, and we're still kind of early, but where would you put this version of this staff in, in whole uh, against some of those others? Easily the best. Easily the best. I mean, you know, we've always had strong performers, and, and then you've got some – you know, you have some weak links. You know, the bullpen hasn't been as strong as the starting rotation the last couple of years. Um, this year, we've got it all clicking uh, pretty much on all cylinders. The, the starting rotation is dominant. And honestly, it's, it's not even one through five in the rotation. We've got like seven starters. There's two guys that are piggybacking. So all seven of those guys are like interchangeable. So that, that's been really, really good. Uh, you talked about call-ups. You know, we called up the two offensive players that we talked about. And then just yesterday, they called up um, – uh, Betancourt, Trevor Betancourt, I think his name, he got called up. He was kind of a really solid uh, middle relief guy for us. And um, his replacement was another starter from Great Lakes that got called up. He came in last night and threw four shutout innings in his driller debut. <laughs> so, you know, like the arms are just bountiful in the Dodgers system right now, which is great. Um, so we just got to get these guys hitting a little bit more, and I think we're, uh, we're a playoff team. I know you guys got a big weekend coming up for sure. Uh, it's been an, a great homestand in general with everything that you've had uh, going on. But uh, this weekend with, what, three straight nights here of uh, fireworks over the holiday weekend and then the bananas coming in on Monday, this is one of the bigger, like, in total, like, weekends uh, that I can remember in a while with just everything you guys got going on. Yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, we're pumped about it. The holiday weekends are always fun when we get them on the schedule because, Summer's just starting. Memorial Day is, is the time when everybody's like, ah, here we go. Summer, school's out. Let's, let's get out to the ballpark. And, uh, you know, with fireworks back to back to back, I think it'll be uh, three really, really great crowds. And, you know, we're, we're home this year for Fourth of July, so that's going to be a bonkers night as well. And then we're home for Labor Day weekend, too. So the schedule is very friendly to us this year, and Mother Nature seems to cooperate this first, this first big weekend. So we'll see how it goes. And Sunday or Monday night, we'll have the Savannah Bananas out here, which is – created an awful lot of buzz around the community and uh, I'm really curious to see how that thing goes on Sunday or on Monday but it's going to be uh, it's going to be a wall to wall probably as big a, of a crowd in the stadium since we had Clayton Kershaw uh, out here throwing that rehab game a couple of years ago have you at all been surprised about the reaction or just about the general buzz that they have created for a uh, singular night that's coming up on Monday because last time we talked to you, I think I asked you how many people hit you up consistently for tickets, and you're like, it's 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 far too many. Uh, has the buzz decreased at all, or has it gotten worse? It's only ramped up, man. What <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's like you know, so many people I think were unaware of what the Savannah Bananas are or yep. were back in November when they announced that they were coming to Tulsa, and so they passed on the opportunity to try to get tickets or. You know, they, they decided they weren't going to buy their tickets when we gave some of our season ticket holders opportunity because they didn't know what it was. And since then, they've learned. And now they're like, oops, I really kind of screwed up, Mike. Anything you can do for me? I'm like, man, I cannot help you. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had to say no a lot more than I'm, custom, I'm accustomed to saying. <laughs> well, of all the things, like my wife is not a sports person at all. And when she found out that it was my mistake, 
and how I didn't I didn't secure the tickets. It was one of the first times I felt like that she was like truly disappointed in me from like a sports perspective, and it and it kind of hurt me a little bit. I was like, ah, you know, you're right. I did kind of fumble the ball on that one, so I'm completely sorry oh, yeah. on that one for sure. Yeah, it's great. Though. I think there's no question, no question. If we had five nights of the bananas, it would have sold out. I mean, just in, in a week. I mean, it's just that kind of a as big a deal as it's probably as big as it's ever going to be right now. They're just reaching the peak you know, level of, uh, uh, of interest, I think right now. So we're, we're pumped that we got a game. Um, and, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll start uh, plugging away on Monday with those guys to see if, uh, if there's a chance they would do a repeat, uh, an encore performance in 2024. Believe me, we'll, we'll work our hardest to do that. Oh yeah. Hammer them on that one for sure. Uh, I do want to <laughs> ask you a few questions about major league baseball. I, I saw the stat sure. the other day, and I believe this stat is through the first month and a half or two months of the of the Major League Baseball season that we've that we've come here now. Attendance is at its highest peak that it's ever been. Uh, I can't remember the percentage off the top of my head. So uh-huh. as, as someone that's kind of lived through the rule changes, Mike, you're not surprised by anything that you've seen in terms of the overall excitement and kind of energy that's been brought back to several of the of the of the big clubs uh, in Major League Baseball due to the rules changes, are you? No, 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 no. I mean, and that's why we get to be ground zero for all that stuff. We get to see it first. They get to test it here and make sure that it is going to work out at the Major League level. And, and I do think the rules changes have created a really, uh, you know, a positive momentum at the Major League level. We saw it last year. The second they started to enforce the pitch clock, you know, we improved our game times by 26 to 28 minutes. And it stayed that way absolutely consistently for like the last 50 games, 60 games of the season after it was enforced. So we just knew, I mean, minor league baseball, that was throughout all 120 teams. We saw that same result. It was a no brainer. It was going to trim 25 or 30 minutes off the major league games. And the fans love that. Um, so I think that was big. I think it's seven and a half percent that they're up, this okay. year, which is awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then the other thing on top of that pop is it's not just that, you know, I'm a, a Yankees fan first and foremost. I'm a Dodgers fan second. And, and it's, you know, I look at the calendar and it's like, man, the Dodgers are playing in Texas when the drillers are on the road. Yeah. The Yankees are playing in St. Louis when the, when the Yankees are on the, or when the, when the drillers are on the road. The Dodgers are playing in Kansas City. This new schedule change where they play every team in every market every year, I think is just an awesome, an awesome thing because it says to the fans, hey, we know you're, you know, a Yankee fan in, in Oklahoma. And, and now you're going to have more opportunities to go and drive four or five or six hours to go see that team play. Um, I think that's, that's having a positive in, impact on the attendance as well. Mike, this is a big level, I mean, big picture level question as far as baseball goes. And Pop just mentioned the attendance numbers are going up. And it seems like when you look at these highlights and you're watching SportsCenter and everything, all these players on the major league level are starting to have a lot of fun with the game as well. You know, doing the the samurai helmets and different things when they, they have home runs. It's their equivalent of the turnover chain is right. what's happening with home runs. Right. Is, is this occurring because Major League Baseball has said, all right, it's all right for us to evolve, evolve the game and do different things to make it more fun, make it more fan friendly? Or is this something with the new generation culture wise? This is just what it, it was inevitable. This was going to happen. I, I think it's more of a cultural thing and a new generation thing. I mean, we see that stuff down here all the time in the minors. And now those guys are graduating onto the big leagues and they're bringing that, that kind of youthful energy up to the big league level. And, and I think then, then the, the, the veterans see that and, and they partake in it. I mean, seeing the, Seeing Mike Trout running down that dugout with that samurai, uh, you know, headgear on was just—it's awesome. 
and it's fun, and everybody, every team gets their own little personality that way. I remember probably about eight or nine years ago, when we were still with the Rockies, you know, the drillers were kind of in a slump, and, um, you know, we went on the road. We were going somewhere in Texas, and they stopped at a truck stop overnight, and, and, and one of our relief pitchers bought, like, this giant lion, like stuffed lion, and, um, and, and all of a sudden that became part of our, like, dugout. It was like the, the 25th van type of thing, and they celebrated with this damn stuffed lion every night. And that was kind of the start of it. And now they just do these quirky things, whether it's in a shopping cart or wearing a foolish hat or something like that. It does. It adds to the fun of the game. Baseball is so fun. And so it's great to see these guys do it. They live with each other 10 hours a day, 140 times a year. So you know they're having a good time. They know how to have fun. Speaking about having fun with the game and, you know, the rules and things coming into pass, there is a situation right now where these players are having a little fun with a little standoff after the national anthem, and it seems like that's going to get banned and umpires are getting upset because of it. It's something that y'all are seeing at the AA level as well, or and what do you think about them possibly banding this and, and, and taking it out of the game and not allowing the players to do so and have a little fun? You know, I mean, there's a time and place for fun, too, you know, so you don't want to do it where it feels like it's, it's disrespectful with respect to the, the, the time where the anthem is because that, 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 that infuriates and upsets some people as well. So, you know, you got to pick and choose your right moments. I haven't paid too close attention to it. I mean, ever since the season started, I'm so focused on what we've got going on here at One Oak. Um, but, you know, if, if they're going to put, you know, pull the chain down on that one a little bit, I think it's probably because it's in the best interest of everybody involved. So, you know. I think baseball, honestly, they don't get enough credit for, for really being willing to make some good changes and positive changes and then make adjustments when they need to. So I, I think they've been doing a good job. Mike, uh, tonight, uh, first pitch at 7.05, gates open up at 6. It's the uh, first of three straight uh, fireworks shows there over the Memorial Day weekend. Um, man, I can't thank you enough for coming on with this. It'll be a big, big weekend. And then, of course, the bananas coming in on a Monday. Always appreciate you when you can jump on with us here in the afternoon and Dan Hawk doesn't hog you uh, the way that he has been there in the mornings, man. I appreciate you so much, man. Appreciate you too, Pop. Matt, thanks, bud. You guys have a great Memorial Day weekend, and uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds great. That is the awesome Mike Malega joining us here on the Blitz 1170, courtesy of my man Matt Hubbard, who helped set that up. I mean, it's not like it's that far. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.